Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode four, week four, number four, get it in there, number four, yeah, pretty excited, we're getting the momentum rolling, we're getting things going, we're starting to find our groove, this is taking time to find out the format that works best, figuring out what will go well, what won't go well. Do want your feedback and do want your input for everyone listening at home. Send us an email, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Comment on our Facebook posts, comment on our Instagram posts, send us an inbox on Facebook, whatever it is, get in touch. Our social medias is at the Mosh Zone. Get in touch. Send us some questions. Send us some queries. Let us know about albums you've really dug. Uh, let us know about albums you've hated. We really want to put in to every episode, we want to put in a question segment. We want to read out your questions, delve into them, and answer them on the show. So please get in touch. Send us an email. Send us an inbox. Let's get the question segment going. Let's get you listening to be a part of the Mosh Zone. This is the Mosh Zone community. We want everyone involved. Get in touch. This week on episode four, we've got a big show. We've got the Mosh News. We've got Mosh Reviews. And we sit down and have a great chat, a yarn with a very close friend of mine, one of my best friends, Burrows of Driven to the Verge, also formerly of The Rose Line. Let's get started with the Mosh news. This week there has been a bit of news that is negative, and that's probably understating it in a nutshell. There is articles on our website that have all the statements. I am referring to the Once Human tour cancellation. If you want to delve into what happened there and all of that with statements and any information about getting a ticket refund, go to the website. We also had news this week of Alpha Wolf losing their vocalist due to sexual assault allegations and they've also cancelled all of their upcoming shows, including the rest of their headline tour, including the Polaris tour and including Download Festival. If you want to have a read on that, find out what happened. All the statements are there. It's on our website. It's on themoshzone.com. We don't really want to go... into it on the show because I don't want to talk about negative things like that because they shouldn't be taking place in our scene at all. Unfortunately, these bad kind of situations are becoming regular and that's just not acceptable. The heavy music scene has always and should always be a welcoming place, a community, a family, and this horrible stuff that is taking place needs to be stamped out and not welcome here. Never welcome. So we're just going to leave it on that and we're going to roll into the news. So Mosh News, the other news this week, we got really excited. We were heavy breathing. There was a sense of, oh, fuck yes. It was revealed that Unearth us finally, after nearly a four-year wait, are stepping into the studio around March, April, apparently, to record album number seven, We can't wait. We do know that DL, formerly of the Acacia Strain and currently of Legend, DL has been helping out with the recording process. We're really excited to see what input he's had, where it's going to go. All we know is they are recording finally. They did also mention that there is going to be some tours coming up, mainly festivals, I believe. We can't wait. Whatever it's going to be, we can't wait for the release to happen. We can't wait to get more details like artwork, title, maybe a music video. We'll keep you up to date. Check out the website. Make sure you keep attention to our social medias. All the information when we get it will be put on there. Other news this week was A Perfect Circle released another song from their new album. The song is called Talk Talk. And they released the artwork, and fuck, the artwork is, it's just, it's a mind fuck, basically. It's going to be their fourth album, and it's going to be called Eat the Elephant. Yeah, it's called Eat the Elephant. If you missed it this week, the artwork, you need to have a look. It looks jokerish, very gothic, very evil, very demonic, 
Maynard's there with one part of his head shaven, the other part's long. He's holding a purple and blue octopus. Very fucking weird. We have all the details on our website. We also put up the single. Apparently, Maynard also said it's getting released on April 20th. And in America, the calendar system's different to Australia, so they put the month before the date. So, the 20th of April, we do 24. Well, over in America, that's 420. He said, the potheads will be happy. We can't wait to see what the album's like. I've got to say... Being a casual Tool fan, I'm not a hardcore fan, but I do enjoy everything Tool does. Perfect Circle always took me a while to really grasp and enjoy and really appreciate. But as I've got older and my tastes have matured, I've actually gone back and listened to it. And it's some of the most awe-inspiring rock that you really can get into. It's Maynard's twisted vision thrown in there and it's fucking spectacular. So this album... Expect nothing but amazingness. We will, of course, review it when it gets released. Other Mosh news. It has been a very slow week, unfortunately, but other news was we have a new Tesseract album coming out and we have a new Rivers of Nile album coming out. All of that information is on our website. So some big news in the Australasian scene, but mainly the New Zealand scene is a young band called Alien Weaponry. If you haven't heard of them, you need to go check them out. They started the band about five years ago. When they started the band, they were a combination of ages of between 10 and 12. There's three guys in the band. They've really kind of stormed onto the scene, not only in New Zealand, but in America. They combine the thrash elements that we know with a very Maori cultural tribal feel Um, it has very sepultura sounds at times it is amazing and so mind-blowing the talent that these kids have Uh, their name is alien weaponry they got signed to napalm records out of the u.s and they signed a worldwide record deal we gotta say well fucking done boys yes fucking yes we need bands from Australia and New Zealand to get more attention because that attention will grow our local scenes. Our local scenes in New Zealand and Australia are kind of struggling. We need more bands coming up, more young artists to see that there is a future and you can forge a path. And great to see Alien Weaponry get a record deal. At the moment, there's no word on albums or when it might come out, but... On our website, we have got their latest music video, Ruanati Wenua, which has clocked over 1 million views. Yeah, it's gone pretty viral, that song. Really good song. Check out the boys. It's all on our website. That's our Mosh News done this week. It's time for Mosh Reviews. First off the rank, Tazzy Boys Zeolite. And their new EP called Simones Mortis. Released independently. It is the Tazzy Boys' second EP. It's five tracks of technical death metal. These guys have since day one been aiming to split themselves apart from the rest of the pack. They're trying to break the mould and give you something that you don't expect. Their talent and musicianship is miles above the rest of the local Australian scene and at times feels up there matching what you see on the international scene. They have an ease and a natural way of blending all these different styles. They've got technicality, they've got atmospheric, they've got full-on brutal assault. They give you proggy, groovy and they just fuck with your head and it comes off perfect with zeolite it's not an insult it's an absolute compliment when i say you can't pigeonhole the sound or the style that these guys deliver you're not quite sure whether to call them death metal progressive metal black metal deathcore it's a bit of everything but it doesn't feel like it's taking from too much it fits in perfectly a negative that i have to say with the ep is that it's an EP. 
only being five songs feels like a tease. I'm wanting more and I'm expecting more, but I only get five. And I kind of feel disappointed that I've only got five, but it's five very well written and delivered songs. I'm definitely hoping that it's not going to be too long before we get something else. Hopefully sooner rather than later. I don't want to wait another two years for another EP. From the offset, Zeolite come out with a big energy and they don't take their foot off. They're going full throttle and never eases off. The intensive, huge grooves that are going on, that guitar tone is fucking sick. Bow-wrenching breakdowns. The atmosphere is spacey and beautiful and bleak. The vocals from Fraser has stepped up again. The guy is one of the best in the scene at the moment. He's great on record and he's great live. He's stepped up again, varying everything up. He's angry, he's brooding, he's devastated, he's hating, he's crushing, and he's gritty, his highs are piercing, and it feels next level on some parts. These guys have been grinding since day one with show after show after show, not only in Tasmania, but Victoria and Sydney and so on. They're a band that needs some attention and they need local fans' support. If you see these guys on a bill in your town or in a town near you, get out and get to a show. Buy some merch. Buy their music. Support this band in their development and give them the backing that they need that will kickstart them up the ranks to give them bigger shows, to give them the opportunity to record an album. Let's support the underdogs. These guys shouldn't be underdogs, but at the moment they are, and let's fucking support them and let's give them a big fucking kick. If you like your death metal, if you like deathcore, if you like progressive metal, This is in your bag of tricks. If you love finding out a band before they blow up, this is a band to check out. If you like atmosphere and dark, despairing tunes that are brutal and heavy as fuck, Zeolite are the ones for you. This EP will grow on you. The more you listen to it, the more you're going to enjoy it. Little things will peek out in every song that you didn't hear the first time. Definitely support Zeolite. Tazzy boys, Aussie boys, get behind them. Their EP is called Simone's Mortis. It's on Bandcamp, it's on Spotify, it's on iTunes. Get behind these boys. We give this a 7.5 out of 10. Next Mosh Review is Terra Universal and their album Make Them Bleed out now on Minus Head Records. Basically this band is made up of past members and current members of Machine Head, Soulfly, Il Nino and Upon a Burning Body. So there's a lot of talent and there's certainly some names in there but oh, holy fuck what a wasteful painful thing this is now if you haven't heard of terror universal they are another band that has decided to wear masks but their masks look like reject shop two dollar shop versions of slipknot like these masks look fucking shit there's no time or money spent on these masks they look like they're going to fall over if they accidentally trip on something We get stage names, so apparently we're not allowed to know their real names. We get told a stage name, so that way we don't know who they are. Names like Thrax and Plague and Massacre, which just makes me go, the fuck is this? They want you to ride with them back to 2000. But the thing is, they're trying to ride on the 2000 wave 18 years too late and not with the right amount of talent. Musically, it's just run-of-the-mill. At times, it just feels like Five Finger Death Punch wrote a bunch of B-sides, were like, this doesn't even, can't even make a remix album. Let's get rid of them. They hand them to fucking Terra Universal. Terra Universal then 
put it through a mill and then we've got this thing. It is lyrically immature and childish. When you got lyrics being sprayed at you saying spread the violence, fuck the world. No, that's no, no, no. They claim to be horror metal, but we're just going to call them horrible metal. It's just fucking horrible. Is there any positives? I know you're sitting there going, well, Jeremy, is there any positives to this band? Sometimes in a song, you catch a bit of groove. You catch a slight headbang moment and you go, ooh, that's not bad. But then that moment that you had, that glimmer of light has been shut off and then suddenly the vocals start or the bullshit starts carrying on and the tracks become redundant, stale, wasteful. I've heard it a fucking million times before and I heard it from good bands in 2000. I don't need it now in 2018. Most of the time they are trying to shock you and they're trying to do the macho middle fingers up. But what ends up happening is you're sitting there listening to it, unfortunately multiple times for myself, sitting there saying, why the fuck was this album made? Did the musical world actually fucking need this? Like, what is the purpose of this? It will be popular, though. That's the surprising thing. People that just don't give a fuck about anything and don't want any substance in their music and just want it playing in the background are going to fucking love this fucking tripe of a fucking album. It is a poor man's Disturbed mixed with Slipknot, mixed with Mushroom Head, mixed with Five Finger. This album is unneeded in 2018. 2018 and the last couple of years as well, we're seeing music move forward. Things are getting more creative. We're getting more aggressive. We're incorporating so much and we're getting so creative with all our artists. People are pushing the envelope and going forward and taking strides. And this feels like it's left behind. This feels like it's trying to drag us backwards and we don't need to go backwards. There is nothing worth saving here. Terror Universal Make Them Bleed needs to be left in the bin. This is dead on arrival in a nutshell. You don't need this in your life. The gimmick isn't needed and wearing masks and saying you're a horror band and not giving us your real names is just covering up how bad it actually is. I am really praying to God and fingers crossed I never fucking hear from this band again. I do not want a second album. This is universally terrible. One out of ten. Our last album review this week is the new album by Harm's Way called Posthuman. Available now on Metal Blade Records. These guys started in 2006. This is their fourth album. To say I was excited and fucking pumped would be an understatement. My expectations were high and I'm so fucking glad they didn't let me down. They have smashed a home run with this album. These guys are known for intense live shows. They're also known for being able to replicate that on an album, which can be pretty rare. Some bands have intense live shows, and when it gets onto CD, it doesn't really translate, but that's not with Harm's Way. It translates not only on album, but in a live setting. They also have such a quality stacked discography of metallic hardcore that if you are into this album now after this review you need to go back you need to delve in and just for example listen to the album rust and you'll just fucking orgasm at the quality that this band can produce so who are harm's way stylistically if you don't know who they are it's a very groovy beat down metallic hardcore with a industrial edge at times they are sonically destructive and they're an explosion of aggression they take you through an adventure over their entire album or release this album didn't let go it was a barrage from the offset it was like a bull in a china shop and it just couldn't be fucking contained slamming drums chugs on chugs stabbing aggressive riffs 
vocals barking at you, tough as fucking nails, straight up aggression, straight up wants you to fucking pay attention, an overall bombardment of venom, hate. James, the vocalist, you can hear the spit and spite coming off his lips when he screams those fucking vocals at you. Fucking phenomenal. This album paints a big landscape. The band, some members are straight edge and they've always had a bit of a fighting the authority battle cry, if you will. This album is a reflection and a reaction to the horrible world that we are creating and the cesspool of society and mankind. Harm's Way are definitely pissed off about what's going on and they're mad as fuck and gonna fucking show you. At times, with this much aggression, it can sound sloppy or it can sound very straightforward. It sounds perfect. The musicianship is on point. There's layers upon layers. Sometimes it feels like a barrage of noise. But once you really unwrap that sound, there is so much going on within it. And the groove is just phenomenal. I caught a bit of a Hatebreed-esque, stand tall, stand proud, you know, you can't fucking stop me feeling as well, which is not a bad thing at all. That's a positive in my book. I mean, anyone in the hardcore scene that gives off that Hatebreed vibe, it's always a turn on. The album is a call to arms, and this is your weapon of destruction. This album is what you need to destroy the fucking world of all the scum. It grinds at your fucking senses and grinds at your eardrums and you're praying for forgiveness at times, but it's not going to let go. You can't surrender. You're getting this onslaught. Harm's Way have always dabbled and played around with atmospheric stuff and instrumentation. They've done it on Rust. They've done it on other releases. But this time with Putney behind the desk, he's amped it and made it sound perfectly suited. It always sounded suited, but he's made it feel like it's what they do, and they do it better than ever. The saturation of the electronic sounds and the industrial sounds, they're very much brought forward. They're in your face more. They're not held back, because I feel like now, Harm's Way are definitely not worried what you think they do. This is their band, this is their music, and they're definitely taking charge of that. And that's refreshing to see. There is also a slow building sense sometimes. They're slowly building with a menace and an effect to get to that massive groove, the big foot stomp moments. Songs like The Gift do it perfectly. The overarching tapestry that they've painted is violence, anger, pain and hate haunting, liberating, expansive and suffocating at the same time. This band, Harm's Way, are going to dominate you with power and you can't do anything about it. Their power is undeniable. Their intent needs to be witnessed, needs to be taken on board. This year, 2018, is their year. When you see bands like Code Orange, Nails and Kublai Khan getting a lot of recognition, which they should, now Harm's Way need to be getting that recognition. This album will give them that recognition. Summing it up, it is simply a boot stomp to the fucking face. I loved it, couldn't get enough of it, and I kept going back for more. I wanted that abuse. I was banging my fucking head gritting my fucking teeth along with the guitar tone and the vocals. Absolutely orgasmic. Fucking amazing. This album, Posthuman, will bring new fans and attention and about fucking time. Old fans will love it. If you love hardcore, if you love metallic hardcore, get your fucking hands around this fucking album. If you love chugs, you love big riffs, slamming breakdowns, anger, and feeling like you've taken a beating, get this fucking album. If you like Hatebreed, Terror, Code Orange, Kublai Khan, Nails, get this fucking album. This album has already 
skyrocketed to the top for this year. This is a 9 out of fucking 10. Fucking amazing. So it's harm's way, post-human, out on Metal Blade Records. Get it fucking now. You will not be disappointed. That's the Mosh reviews for this week. What did you think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Get in touch. Send us an email, themoshzone at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at The Mosh Zone. Let us know. Is there an album that we've missed over the last couple of weeks you want us to review? Let us know. Give us some feedback. Make this show your show. Let's grow this Mosh Zone community. Coming up next, I got to sit down with a very good friend of mine, one of my best mates, Luke Burrows of Driven to the Verge and the Rose Line. Got to say thanks to him for taking the time out. Really appreciated it. Really loved to sit down and have a chat. That's coming up now. And so you're at Unify on the weekend. How was Unify? Yeah, Unify was great. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. I hadn't been to a festival in a while. Um, so I guess we rock up to this town and the first thing that happens, I'm like, oh, great big lineup. That's cool. Well, not really. And then this car in front of me, two guys hop out, open up the back, open up the uh, back of the U, and they pull out a couple of beers and walk up to us. Here you go, boys. Have a beer. Never met him before. So, so no, nah, never before. So that was my <laughs> first experience. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. But obviously, yeah. I didn't have one because I was driving. But you know, I thought that's some um, some pretty good attitudes going on there. So, but overall, it was um, yeah, really good, really good bands. Uh, everyone had a good time. Uh, you know, there were still drunk people everywhere doing funny things, but no one was you know causing shit or anything. So you know, the bands are really good. Food was good. Camping site was good. The toilets were horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the lineups were horrible, but everything else was really good. The weather was pretty crap, but you know. Well, it's been like that for two years now. I mean, did you? I mean, of course, you would have seen Parkway. Yeah, Parkway. Parkway were amazing. Um, Yeah, I haven't seen Parkway in a while, and yeah, it's a cool stage setup going on, Um, and obviously. Architects were before them, so those two next to each other was yeah pretty epic. So, Apparently, yeah. there was a bit of an emotional um, part of Architects set at the last part of it, like very end. Yeah, okay. he, he, yeah, he got a bit upset and tearing it up, I guess. So, um, for their fallen band member, which was was a bit sad. But, um, mm. Yeah, they got back on with the show after that, and that was pretty cool. Um, had John Green come up on stage with him, which was pretty cool. Nice. Did you on the second day? Who did you check out? Um, make them suffer and stick your guns. They were really good. Um, oh, nice. Took that my mates band outright. They were pretty good. Never seen them before. They um tight as. So they were good. They're the hardcore band with a female vocalist, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So I've heard about yeah. them, and I knew they were both in a new band, and um, I yeah really want to check them out. And I was blown away they're really good so yeah check out outright and he, would you do unify again uh yeah definitely yeah so oh yeah big shout out to my friends and the guys for letting me give me a door spot too so yeah obviously yeah. they were really awesome they they played second um yeah they people were still lining up trying to get in there but they still had a good crowd and good turnout and the pit was going a bit nuts for them so that was really cool Sydney boys, and they um they feature on uh, transitions as well, don't they? Yeah, the singer uh, Thomas, he did guest vocals on one of our tracks. So um yeah, go check out Sienna Skies if you if you like that track. Yeah, and Sienna Skies have dropped a new single. I've noticed. Yes, so. uh, called Widow, which is cool, yes. which they did play on the day. So you go check that out. Um, check that there, out. <laughs> there seemed to be a common theme there though uh, at Unify that. Every band must get up on stage and drink beer out of a shoe. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I heard about this. It was something called the shoey. It was just shoo-y, a... Shoey, yeah. Shoey. Shoey, shoey. Everyone's chanting it, and then, you know, most bands did. So, Is that, is yeah. that a new thing that the kids are doing? Because, you know, I'm in my <sighs> mid-30s. I don't... I, is, this, is this a new thing? Apparently, I, I haven't been to a festival for a while, and apparently it's um, shoeys, so... Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Hmm. 
Apparently people it... playing card games in the mosh pit as well, so I've seen that, you know. <laughs> yeah, playing Uno. <laughs> yeah, Uno, people dressing up as T-Rexes and all sorts of weird stuff. Power Rangers, oh, had it all. Yeah, loose weekend by the sounds. Yeah, that no, was pretty good. Oh, Recommended. Beautiful. Do you think Driven yeah. could ever play? <laughs> <laughs> wow, can't even... <laughs> Considering they won't put us on a bang, I don't think they'll put us on a unify. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. <laughs> now, um, yeah. Speaking of driven, um, you've only what? I mean, you've now decided to come out and play another show again. What's well, been like six months? Um, yeah, we've kind of come out of hibernation. Our uh, drummer went overseas for a couple of months just to do some holidaying and stuff, and then yeah, he's come back, and then we're like. Um, my mate Timmy from um, This Life I Live offered us a show and we thought, yeah, let's do it. It's time to get back into it. So we still haven't played together in six months or even had a practice yet, but we're working on that in the next few weeks. So, yeah. <laughs> so does it mean you're going to get back on the horse, like get back in full swing? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to try and play some more shows around the place and organise some stuff and start writing again. I think we've got a few, about three songs in the works at the moment, so we're going to try and get back into it. So, What are you going to do, yeah, an a- album or an EP? Doings. Oh, I don't know. We're still discussing what we're going to do. Probably an album will take too long. If it's anything like the last one, it'll take another five years, so I'm like, yeah, it's a bit long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, not only that, but, I mean, Transitions, the album looking at it here now i mean the amount of money i mean that's also something you guys have probably got to start considering i mean is it worth shelling out the you know it's not cheap to make a big sounding album no not at all um yeah i don't know we haven't even really sat down and discussed anything i haven't even seen some of the guys in months so um it's just we're gonna sit down and work out what we're gonna do and where we're gonna record and whatever but um yeah, we're keen to write some new stuff and I think kind of take in a bit of a different direction and try something different. So, um, yeah, we'll see where that goes. Are you going to go, you're going to go genty, aren't you? Or are you going to go rap? <laughs> <laughs> go rap. Uh, uh, thrash rap. Yeah. <laughs> thrash rap. Limp Biscuit meets Anthrax. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, we need a bit of thrash rap, I think. So more punk, more punk rock, more block nose vocals. Um, yeah, more gutturals. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, figure it out. Figure it out as we go. How are you finding it? Um, yeah, you know, well, have you been warming up? Have you been doing anything in preparation for the show? I mean, you're—I think you're the same as me. Pretty. I don't know. Not the word word lazy is not right, but I guess it's just blase. It's kind of like you yourself. You've been doing this for what over ten years now. Um, yeah. You know, do you prep yourself, or are you just like, meh, you'll be what it will be. Yeah. Probably getting close to fifteen now. Showing my age. Uh. Yeah, that's what I was looking at before. <laughs> I've still got the with each hour fucking demo. Sitting yeah. There. Yeah, I think I'd have to practice that one a fair bit if I was to play that. <laughs> <laughs> Been a while since I heard that one. Um, yeah, I, I guess I think everyone's practicing again. I'm like, yeah, for me, it's just probably just listening to the album again, just getting familiar with the songs and making sure I haven't forgotten the lyrics and stuff. So, And then vocal practice, yeah, I could probably just get out there and do it, I guess, hopefully. Hope for the best. Are you doing a 20-minute set at the show with This Life I Live, or are you doing a... 40 or... Uh, we decided. I think probably 25 or something. So, okay. know, six months. Eh, it's not something bad. like that. Yeah. So, now, yeah. Um, looking, going back to transitions, um, Roman really made you um, approach things differently. Would you go back with him yep. again for the next one? Oh, definitely. He was, um, he had a lot of good ideas. Um you know, pushed a lot of songs and gave, even vocal-wise, gave me a fair few ideas. Um, whether we go back with him, I'm not sure. Depends what we want to do. Uh, obviously, he relocated the studio and stuff, so whether that's going to be convenient. Or if we want to try something else for a different sound. We haven't really discussed it all yet, so I'm pretty unprepared for this uh, podcast because I haven't really seen my band members <laughs> properly and talked about it. So, well, that, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy just to chat about the old stuff as well. Um, but last yeah. thing about Roman, when you walked in that studio for Transitions, did you um, 
Did you want to push the envelope, I mean, with your singing style, or did he just kind of go, let's give this a crack, see what you think? Um, yeah, I guess I did a lot of stuff that I thought sounded good, but then he'd be like, nah, try it like this and try it like that. And uh, then he, you know, he pushed a few things here and there and go, ah, oh, no, need to do it like this, you know, a bit more, a bit more Chester Bennington style. So it's like, you know, okay. So mm-hmm. here's some, <laughs> some of the uh, auto-tune clean vocals that I did, but yeah, some of it was pushed from him and I kind of had an idea of how I wanted to sound, but he sort of pushed it a bit further and through a uh, through a few new ideas in there, so yeah. Well, you've got to be stoked on it overall. I mean, did you? I mean, the amount of money went in. Did you guys see something coming back that made you go, "Okay, it was received well"? Because all the time and effort that went into it, did you guys see that on the downloadable numbers um, and that, or have you not seen the numbers yet? I haven't seen the numbers at all, to be honest. Um, and it's just with the shows we had lined up, we didn't even end up doing an album launch. I mean, we were supposed to do a tour, and then that didn't happen. So everything we had planned sort of didn't happen. So the album didn't really get out there and get pushed the way it should have. So I guess that hasn't really helped. So I guess there's still a lot of people out there that haven't even heard it. So is that just um, because yeah, life? We did a couple. Is that because life changed and you guys' priorities have all kind of changed a bit, or is that just the time? Oh uh, yeah, that's happened, I guess, too. And um, <clears throat> um, I don't know, just getting on shows and show offers is, you know, get, get a bit harder, I guess, these days. And less bands playing shows and all that sort of stuff. And I guess a lot of time playing shows, you're playing shows with mates' bands, and if they're not playing shows, then the offers aren't coming through as much. So, um, but, you know, we've done few good international supports and stuff but um I have to try and um do some, submit some more this year and see how we go that that leads me into an interesting one you've been around you know you're an old fart um <laughs> you've you've seen the scene um change from myspace days to you know the fucking spotify shit that it is today um and as you're saying there's less shows do you do you think the scene, in a way, is taking a hit? Um, oh, definitely. Like, yeah. locally? Or do you think just the whole uh, of the country? I think it's more international. I think it's worldwide, actually. Um, I was talking to the Sienna Skies guys about this on the weekend, and even some of the big American bands they've toured with and stuff, it's just getting harder and harder to get numbers to shows. Um, I said, you know, bands warp tours, like, they were down 50%. Like, that's pretty huge for a tour that massive. Mm-hmm. Um, even for tours like that, you know, Soundwaves died, Big Day Out died. Um, it's, yeah, like <clears throat> a lot of the smaller shows, it's hard to get people to, to come to it these days. Like I remember playing all ages shows with Roseline, like the castle where you play with a few cool bands and other unknown bands and whatever, and kids would just rock up just because they'd, didn't care who was playing, they'd just come and run a mark, you know, and that was like that all the time. We played so many good shows back then and kids would just froth on it and come to shows, but now it just, it just seems like less people go to shows. Yeah, I think the, the the attention span's gone now. Like you said, kids just wanted to be around live music and I think, you know, people aren't turning up for a 10 buck local show um, and they only go and see yeah, it's nothing against this band, but they all crave to go see POD play their greatest hits. And so, uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with POD's greatest hits, mate. It's a good, yeah. it's a good album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Don't knock it. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. It's just, you know, but at the end of the day, as long as you get up there and have fun and enjoy it, that's, that's the main thing. So, you know. Now, you mentioned Roseline there. Um, yeah, that that whole situation. I mean, can we first go and talk about the recording? I mean, you went to America and you recorded with um, Tom Deeney or Denny. Oh that? well, firstly, firstly, we recorded in we recorded it in Melbourne. Oh, we did it yes. all in different sessions. Yes, yeah, so and go, then go we ahead. weren't. Tell we us weren't, about that. We weren't. <laughs> we recorded it at Melbourne Records, but we did it over. I don't know, probably a year. And we did different sessions, and then 
we were promised that all the, they could all sound the same and all that. And then, I don't know, by the time we finished it, the sound wasn't quite how we wanted it and all the tracks were pretty varying. Like, they weren't sound... wasn't sound like a flowing album and all that. I thought it sounded pretty good. The other guys were like, eh. And then, oh, next thing I know, we're going to America to record with Tom Denny. <laughs> um, <laughs> to record it again, because he gave us a good deal. I'm like, oh, I've never been to America. It sounds pretty good. But, you know, get over there and... It was actually a really good time. Working with Tom was good. Good bloke, had some good ideas, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we smashed that out. We were there for four weeks, a month. Um, and then as soon as we left the country, didn't really care about finishing off our album. Because he'd taken your um, money. That, uh, he'd, he'd got your money at that stage. <laughs> yeah, he begged us for extra money because he needed money for something. Or other. I don't know what he needed it for. Maybe some more chicken or something. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it... it um, yeah, so that got dragged out for about a year and a half, I think, trying to get it finished. So I think uh, we'll, someone else was mastering it and I was back and forth between mixes and masters. And then by the time we got it back, we lost a couple band members and all that sort of stuff. And then by the time... So, so we got some new members there. And by the time it actually came out, everyone lost momentum and then the band pretty well broke up and we didn't even get to play an album launch, so... Put your list of albums to no one, so yeah. So that was probably yeah recording an album twice. That's more expensive than recording it once. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then yeah. I mean, I mean that that uh, uh, we won't say who mastered it, but the the finishing master. How some of the versions, it's like he hadn't even properly touched it up. It had that little distorted crack um, at the start or at the end of the tracks. Oh, yeah, had like half a second uh, missing off three of the tracks at the start. So. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that was a bit... That's a bit frustrating, to say the least. <laughs> Very frustrating. So <laughs> we, had, we had like a year and a half of delays and we had seconds cut off the start of the tracks and then we got the artwork done and then no one checked it properly and then apparently we had two track nines on the back so we had to get all the re- back covers reprinted as well, so... Oh, I've got the co- I've got a copy of the two track nines. Yes, have you? Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Collectors so edition. Every, everything that could have went wrong went wrong. So yeah, but you yeah. guys, you guys had amazing momentum um, for a local band as well. I mean, you guys were playing with you played with a Ponting Burning Body. You played with Chimera. Um, just to name a few off my, the top of my head, you know, Dream on Dreamer. Pierce the Veil. Pierce the Veil. Yeah. I mean, you guys were getting the shows. Um, do you think Do you think it was that whole album recording fiasco that slowed the momentum, or was it just, all right, enough's enough? Uh, definitely, like, if we... Because I, I joined soon after the EP come out and the previous focus and, you know, things were going pretty well for them. Shows were good. And I guess we drip-feeded a few songs out on the uh, good old MySpace and, you know, people were frothing over it, which was cool. And then, I don't know, once you do stuff like that, you got to back it up and release something. So that was the plan. But, um, you know, I think <laughs> what we should have done is probably just released what we first recorded and then worked on the next album, but... That didn't happen, and yeah, it all sort of went a bit pear-shaped after that. So I guess it's like any band, you've got to keep releasing the goods and keep people wanting more, and you know, once you stop doing that, people sort of lose interest. So that's the way it is, I guess. Yeah, well, that's especially now, now that anyone can log online and find an incredible, you know, folk core band from Poland in about two minutes if you don't release something. <laughs> um, yeah. You also had Carl from Misery Single- Signals. On there, was did you yep. guys get put in touch with him? Because I know you're a you're a hardcore uh, fan, or was it something that you were like, you know, I'm in America, I'm going to try and see if I can get a guest. No, nah, this this was separate because yeah, I love Mis- Misery Signals and everything Cal does, but he he was doing a solo album, Solace. Now he put it out there saying. I need to raise money to finish my album that I'm recording. I'm offering guest vocals on people's albums for a certain amount of money. It was pretty cheap. And he, um, yeah, so we hit him up and he's like, yeah, cool. And so we gave him like a few bits to do and then he ended up doing, you know, nearly half the song, which was fine by me. So 
Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's how that all came about. So it was helped to fund his um, solo album, Solos, which is amazing. Yeah, so, I've got a copy yeah, of that. And, yeah. and that was probably end up one of my favourite tracks on the album um, that he helped us out on. So that was, yeah, that was cool. That was Flatline, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, trying to remember. Yeah, no, not right. Flatline. Was it not? Uh, no. Uh, like, I don't even know what the album, the song's called anymore. It's been that long. <laughs> now, is there any, I mean, because, you know, you mentioned Garrel before. Um, you obviously see him from time to time. I don't think you, I mean, do you see Saul or Saul anymore? No, I haven't really talked to any of the boys in a while. It's a, yeah, a bit of minimal communication. Uh, I see Garrel a bit, but, um, yeah, what the, guess what other things on and kids and family and all that sort of stuff. So Maybe a one-off think, show? Um, the only, uh, we we planned to do it. We'd, we were supposed to do a reunion show um, 2016, but that, that sort of fell through as well. So I'm not sure if it's ever going to happen again, but. Hey, if an offer comes up, I'd be uh, I'd be all for it. Oh, anyone listening? Yeah, yeah. Um, now, <laughs> I just want to go. Now, I want to just delve down the rabbit hole a little bit about how you got into the heavy music, um, and also how you got into singing. So, bit of a country boy growing up, Mount Gambia. Yeah. Um, yeah. What brought you to heavy music or anything that was guitar driven? How? What came to that? I guess I was one of those kids that, you know, got into Nirvana and Silverchair and stuff like that, a bit of Metallica. And then I think this guy at school uh, told me to listen. He gave me a cassette tape. I think it was Sepultura Roots. And I listened to that and went, oh, didn't really really like the vocal style. I was like, oh, you know, it's Cookie Monster crap. (laughs) And... um, I had it at work, and I just listened to it a bit more. And then I started getting into it a fair bit, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is actually pretty cool. And then um, I think, yeah, at the same time, I was listening to Pantera, Cowboys from Hell, I think, as well. So that wasn't so much the screaming as much, but it was, uh, yeah, so that, that's sort of what started me getting into heavy music. And then, um, yeah, just some... Yeah, bought a bass and started learning Sepultura songs. I bought a Sepultura bass book and I just started playing away at that. And, um, yeah. Why bass? I played because uh, I thought it was the easiest and quickest to learn. So, <laughs> 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 um, I don't know. I just thought bass was cool. So, I got into bass and um, playing the band called Lignum Vitti. That's a very weird name. Um, mm. Yeah, Gamer did that for a while. Then I went and tried out for another band. Um, I turned up and they're like, oh, our singer doesn't turn up either. He's pretty useless. And I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, we're playing. And I'm like, oh. They started playing, getting this drowning pool uh, bodies. And and I said, oh, you know, have you sung before? No, no, never. I goes, oh, do you want to give it a crack? I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of know this song. Maybe I'll give it a crack and I'll just, Fumbled through it somehow, and they're like, "Oh, that was sick! Do you want to be a singer in that band?" I went, "What? <laughs> <laughs> really?" I'm like, I, "What? I've never done this ever. Like, that's the first time ever." And they're like, "Nah, that thing is useless. Do you got, do you want to do it?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, oh, all right, I'll give it a crack." And yeah, just because some guys asked me to do it, give it a crack, and yeah, it kind of that was the, the beginning. So just kept doing that, and then. Um, I guess I got sick of playing Mount Gamba crowds and then moved to Melbourne and started with each hour and then, yeah. Yeah, because that, yeah, then... that was around the time I met you. Was yeah, I think it was, I think, I was at your first show. Um, was, it, was it the Revolver Upstairs? Revolver Upstairs, that was the yes, very first show on that Wednesday was, night. <laughs> that was the show I was at. Um, and I just remember, I mean, with each hour, I loved it just because it was... So, um, early 2000s metalcore. It was unearthly, you know, just yeah. riff city. Uh, uh, yeah, like As Blood Runs Black. Yeah, yeah. those kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I do I do remember that and just being like, fuck this band. And then you guys just kind of disappeared. <laughs> we just, yeah. 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 Just 
stopped playing shows, but I got the demo. Still got the demo. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we did a few tracks with that, and that was cool. Then from that, what did I do? You did Internal yeah. Nightmare, didn't you? Yeah, I did Internal Nightmare for about six months. Yeah. Did a heap of shows with them. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I guess it was more of a thrash thing, and at that time, I wasn't really into that as much. And then I was also doing Rise to Ruins. We that played three or four shows, I think. Um, and then, in amongst all that, I sort of auditioned for the uh, Rose Line. I think there was twenty odd auditions or something, and somehow they picked me. So, and you was, also, um, in all of that, you also slapped the bass for Feeder to the Sharks. Oh yeah, <laughs> got asked to really and play bass. We did a uh, loud fest in Sydney, a couple of shows there. And we did uh, did one next supporting North Lane and stuff. That was pretty good. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. So yeah, you so. just you've just hauled yourself around the Melbourne scene pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then I guess after after Roseline sort of died off, did nothing for about six months. So then. Driven to the verge, looking for a vocalist, and I sort of heckled them. And then, because I knew the boys, we'd played shows together in the past, and uh, yeah, so I jumped on board, and yeah, so I've been doing that for a while now. So yeah, and all good. Both both last bands, um, Roseline and Driven to the Verge. Both of those, you've come in after a previous singer. Well, in Driven's case, there was two singers before you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Has have you ever felt? Um, a sense of pressure with kind of filling in appropriately or are you just like, this is a new chapter? I mean, how do you feel when you come into that situation? Yeah, I guess with the Roseline stuff, it was, you know, they had a pretty fresh new EP. So I had to try and give that, uh, give it some justice, I guess, trying to replicate it as much as I could. So there's a bit of pressure on for that, I guess. So because I was the new guy singing someone else's stuff, so... At the start, it was a bit like that, but as time goes on, you don't kind of worry about that. And then, you know, we had to play Weed Closer Eyes. It was everyone's favourite song. I had to play it every show, but I didn't mind that. We, we liked the song that much. We actually re-recorded it and put it on the album. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's a good song. I don't mind singing. It's a good song. So it's, you know, and the same with Driven. Like, I had to play some of the old songs, but, you know, they were cool songs, so didn't have a problem with that. I just find it harder learning other people's songs than... Remembering your own song. <laughs> do you do with old songs? Do you find because you haven't written them? Do you find that it's um, sometimes hard to you know put all of your energy and not sound not without sounding a gay, but you know emotion <laughs> into it as well? No, nah, no, it's not, not really. You got you up there to put on the show and you know whatever. So you just gotta yeah, just gotta do it. <laughs> Suck Smash it. Up. it. Now, yeah. last thing we've got before I let you go is the segment called Pick Your Poison. Um, uh-huh. So it's um, one or the other, and you decide which you'd prefer. So we're going to go first, pizza or burger? Ooh, that's a hard one. Mm. <laughs> Never said it was going to be easy. Pick your poison. Pizza. Pizza, Okay. Chicken or beef? Mm, beef. Ooh, ooh. Uh, Slayer or Pantera? Pantera. Oh, easy. That's easy. Um, cinema or in your home studio, in your movie room? Ah, movie room for sure. Yeah. Uh, mosh pit or up the back? I think you're going to have the same answer <laughs> with me on this. <laughs> Maybe closest to the mosh pit without actually being in the pit. Yes, best answer. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> not not quite. You know, nosebleed, been, but not pit. Been in amongst it, but yeah, without getting a foot in the face <laughs> or some sweaty bald dude rubbing his bloody sweaty guts all over you. Oh, that's yeah. great when you leave with someone else's sweat on you. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, um, nice. Beach or snow? I mean. <laughs> That's beach, beach for you, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely beach. All right, here we go with some other ones. PS4 or Nintendo? Uh, I love both, but 
I think PS4 gets more attention because it's got more games than Nintendo Switch. So, yeah. Now, in the gaming mode, Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah. Um, because uh, my dad, we, my dad bought us the Street Fighter Two Super NES. Pack oh, the classic when it first came out. Yeah, when it first came out, and what was that, ninety one or something? I should know. Um, so I guess Street Fighter was my first fighting game ever, and then Mortal Kombat after that. So I'll just go Street Fighter because that's pretty old introduction to fighting games. Now, uh, downloading or CDs. I mean, do you do you still collect CDs, or are you past that now? <clears throat> no, I don't buy many CDs. I pretty well the only CDs I buy is Machine Head, and that's about it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> or, or if mates have CDs, I'll buy their CDs, like local bands and stuff. Like I'd rather buy a CD, but not everyone even sells CDs anymore. So and that's pretty rare. Um, um, yeah. So yeah, mates' bands and stuff. I'd like to have CDs of people I know and whatever they release now. Nice. Um, I'm going to go down a bit of a Star Wars one here. Yoda or Luke? Mm. Mm. Yoda. Oh, why? why? I mean, is there, you know, give me an explanation (laughs) on that. I mean, you're the Star Wars man. Why Yoda? Well, he talks back. He talks backwards. (laughs) Um, He was old as shit. He was pretty wise. He was out at the end, but, you know. <clears throat> Spoiler alert, so did Luke, so whatever. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. But if, if there was no Yoda, you know, would Luke be Luke? who Luke was, really? Oh, you know? yeah, good answer. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, without Yoda, I could, yeah. I mean, the, ne- who knows? the next one I'm going to ask you, I think it's, <clears throat> I think it's going to be self-explanatory, but Mr. Vader or Kylo? Yeah, you got to have Vader. It's the same thing. Yeah. Without Kylo, there's no Vader. So yeah. you got to go Vader. Now, before I get the last one, what was your take on the latest Star Wars? I mean, are you in the love part of the fan base or are you one of these that dislikes it? I mean, what's going on? Everyone's saying they hate it and they want to petition it. <laughs> I mean... I love, any, I love anything Star Wars. So, you know, even though Phantom Menace is the worst one, I still enjoy it, so... I did enjoy the new movie. It was good. It's kind of it was good that it didn't go the way everyone was expecting it. And the best thing I love about it is that all these nerds are coming up with all these fan theories. I've read two years of fan theories and all this stuff, and then none of them are right. I just went, nah, <laughs> this is not how it's going to go. Buggy year. And you know, it was good. Like it's good to be surprised. Um, yeah, the parts like Rose Chick and all that was a bit boring in the middle, but you know. Every movie has its little boring bits, but overall, I thought it was good. Um, yeah, I'm glad how they did things a bit differently, killing Snoke off in the second movie into the third one, you know, and then Luke training another Jedi. It's kind of, they kind of, yeah. People whinge that Force Awakens was too much like the original, and people whinge that this one wasn't enough like the original. So, I don't know. You can't please everyone. No. I think, I mean, it's, I like what they're doing with it. I think it's refreshing, you know. Yeah. And which you've got yeah. to do. I mean, if you're going to keep the thing alive for another, you know, what, they've got like the Han Solo movie coming up and they've got all of these other ones. If you want to keep it fresh, you've got to do something. So can't just let it stagnate like Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what happened to Transformers? It started oh. so good and just got really bad. It was just Mark Wahlberg. I hate to say it, but we should never have got Mark Wahlberg in because then it just died. It all died when he got in. Uh, They just need to remake the classic movie None of the good Well that's the problem They're remaking everything now I mean (laughs) They're remaking The Crow Yeah That's bad Oh Nothing Uh, sacred When when they remake Back to the Future I'm just gonna die That's just (laughs) (laughs) I'll just boycott it And never watch it Yeah cause you You even used a sample On with each hour From uh, Back to the Future yeah, good luck, Back to the Future. Oh, it's classic. Um, well, before I go, Driven to the Verges album Transitions is available on iTunes. Um, they're on Spotify. I think it's on Bandcamp. Is it on Bandcamp as well? 
Uh, it used to be. It should be there should still. Be there. I haven't checked in a long time, but it should be. And um, if you want to go back and listen to the Roseline Consequences, that's on iTunes. Um, that will probably be on Spotify, and I believe it will probably be on Bandcamp. With each hour, I did some research today. That one, unfortunately, is nowhere to be found. Um, it's on MySpace somewhere. Yes, you do have a MySpace, but you don't have any. It's only got like band photos. There's no like real. I I like having artwork with my stuff on iTunes, so I couldn't yeah. get the artwork. But yeah, all of oh. um, all of Burroughs's music is online. Um, get out there, support them. Uh, buy a copy, um, and if you have to illegally, then do it, I guess. <laughs> um, Just hit me up and I'll send you a link. Yeah, the, uh... a Dropbox. <laughs> um, yeah. No, thanks. Thanks so much, dude. Really appreciate it. That was that was sick. That was good. No, no worries. All good, man. So that was Burrows. I've driven to The Verge and formerly of The Rose Line. Thanks again, Burrows. Really appreciate it. Solid talk. Great to have a chat. Look forward to getting you back on the show in a month or two. Have another chat. So that is the show for this week. Mosh Zone Episode 4, done and dusted. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you had a good time. I had a great time. We have got another big show coming up next week. It's Episode 5. As always, get in touch through our social medias with Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with at The Mosh Zone. Send us an email, themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch with us. Make this show as much you as it is us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and download and share the fuck out of it. Let everyone know about The Mosh Zone. Let's grow this community. Thank you again. Tune in next week. Don't miss episode five. It's going to be another stormer. Stay safe, everybody. Open the pit.